0: Just like Mitchell Eisenberg had to get Monique home, it was his job to make sure that she got home, that somebody cared about her. And how can you not respect that?
1: Hello and welcome to this month's edition of the FBI National Academy Associates Leadership APB podcast series. My name is Laura Masterton and I'm the Director of Special Projects and Training Coordinator for the association. I would like to welcome the team from the NYPD's Break in the Case podcast, Jill Bowerly, Kenzie Delane, and National Academy graduate Wally Zines from Session 152. Thank you for joining me today. I have listened to your podcast and found it to be gripping from the first episode, Baby Hope into the Woods, and it got me to wondering, how did Break in the Case come about? It started when
2: um, one of our chiefs um, who had been the chief of Brooklyn Detectives formerly wanted us to shed light on a case about a a Jane Doe. And he had asked Kenzie, my colleague, um, to do a video to kind of bring it it was four years into the investigation. They had no leads. Um and at the time I was taking a podcast course and Looking for a subject for my project, and I asked the chief if I could just include a podcast in in that list of things we were going to provide for him, and he was all for it. And when I made the little clip, um, you know, we at the same time we had been talking about starting a true crime podcast mainly because we were true crime fans, but we also felt like it was an amazing tool, um, a way for us to tell our own stories from our point of view. And so we just went ahead and did it. And, um, you know, that first season was incredibly successful.
0: Yeah, it, it was the the podcast was the perfect medium that we needed because we were doing we were doing films, we were doing short films to just like to humanize the officers. We were brought into like on a different mandate to show the, the human side of being a police officer. And it allowed our officers to have a direct conversation with the listener on the listener's terms. So we just thought it was perfect and it was something that was needed at the time. And and we, we got the support that we needed from the department.
1: I found that a podcast can be a great communication tool. What was your strategy to achieve this?
2: Really to follow the rules of, of good storytelling. And that is to um we chose the narrative style rather than a, an interview format because the stories when people talk about an experience and there's not a camera in their face um they just open up so much more and you can you can hear the emotion and you can hear the connectedness of the person on the other side um so we felt like cutting together all the voices into one big story and providing a narrative arc was really the best way to do it
0: and, and also that the listener kind of automatically knew our our, our setting and our background and it was important that we gave life to everything that was a part of New york City and and it was great that a lot of our officers are native New Yorkers and they just gave so much life to it and they could communicate to other officers, which was important for us that other officers understood that there was a cop that had been where they had been, and that you know with what, what they do for a living is not just isolated that there are shared experiences. So that was very important. And storytelling was the best way of doing it because to me personally, I believe that people in law enforcement are some of the greatest storytellers in the world, but they just never get an opportunity to tell their side of the story. And, And I mean, they go to court, they tell their side of the story and that's it. And I just thought it was a lost opportunity.
3: And the stories, you can't make them up. It's unbelievable what takes place in New York City.
1: Right. Yeah, Wally, I was listening to some of the episodes and the stories are absolutely amazing, almost unbelievable in some respect. Um, With that, what do you think the ideal audience would be for Breaking the Case?
3: Well, Breaking the Case is a very eclectic type of broadcast. Why do I say eclectic? Because it fits very well into the law enforcement community and it fits so well into the private sector. civilians as we call and um, what makes it so great is that i have gotten so much feedback from people that are not in the law enforcement community that say i can't believe that really takes place oh my god it was so great to hear the officers the detectives the bosses get on there and just tell their tell them how they felt and actually relive the experience so i think it was real it's really great to do that and i also think it's great at the fact that we're talking with uh, the FBI National Academy. I mean, that was a, that's one of the best um, groups that I have ever met in my life in the law enforcement community worldwide. I graduated the FBI National Academy back in 1988, and I can't tell you some of the greatest people, human beings that I met throughout the world from that experience.
1: So, um, you have your targeted audience. How do you select the stories that you showcase on Breaking the Case?
0: <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing. That's a great question.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is a good question. Kenzie, do you want to answer that one?
0: Um, uh, actually, a lot of them, a lot of them come to us now. And it's so funny. It's like, if you see, if me and Jill are like the weirdest people that you would ever find working in a police department. It's like, it's like, it's like, you know, I call it, like we walk in the police station like, who are these guys? And they realize who we are. The stories just come out. And I think the story, it's the stories that, it's the unbelievable hero to me. It's always the guy that you would never think did that for, for, for for uh for who's monique it was eisenberg he was an amazing guy he was an amazing guy here's this guy who was an accountant who was sitting at a desk and he said you know one day i want to change the city and he becomes a cop and then two years down the road five or six years down the road he's standing on the beach and a body part shows up and he's got to figure it out you know it's the unlikely hero and like you know i walk into my office and i was like you know I call him my my John McClains. my, my <laughs> who's going to be my John McClain of the day you know and, and I mean and they and they're all great and they're all great storytellers and and it's about the guy who you wouldn't expect is the hero and they're all like that Jill and I were walking down the hall and a guy was like you guys hear about that zodiac killer from back in the day like <laughs> and, that, and that's how it starts that's how it starts
2: yeah and i just like to say we like um another way that we come up with stories is just to talk to people in the detective bureau and ask them like for instance for open cases we want to cover we get a list and then just start calling the detectives and asking them if they want to participate sometimes there are various reasons why they they can't talk about a case um and if they're willing and able you know we'll just start the interviews and take it from there
0: yeah it's been a very very like everybody's like figured out hey wait a minute this works so everybody comes together and they're like yeah we need to talk can we let's talk about this case you know the detective bureau has been have been amazing have been like a, a like really really amazing group of
3: individuals and there's so many different uh, divisions within the detective bureau and nypd we've run this gamut from special victims to organized crime to m- narcotics to homicide, gangs, robbery, burglary, um, and then we have the uh, different FBI task force that we work with. It's just amazing to see when, the, when when everything hits the fan how we all work together.
1: Right. So with that being said, why do you all feel that it's important for law enforcement to share their stories?
3: Sharing a story is not only as important for what it represents, but it also represents a learning factor. There are many different techniques that we use in law enforcement, and the you know, crime doesn't discriminate, but topography, demographics um, do change the picture. And the way someone in North Dakota uh, would handle a crime scene would be very different the way we would handle a crime scene in uh, New York City, and I say that because um, Fargo, North Dakota, I remember uh, two crime scene uh, detectives came to New York City to see how we do our crime scene, and they rode along with me. I used to run Manhattan Detectives on Midnight to Eight, the borough of Manhattan, and they were amazed to see the way we operate, and I was amazed to hear the way they operate in such cold conditions there, and um, just the mere fact of listening to the different law enforcement groups, they do have different techniques that really can be used here that we, and so can always be used with theirs.
0: I think for for me, it was, uh, uh, so I'm African-American. <laughs> and For me, it was for a way of my community to, uh, we have a, I don't think we, in my community, we understand that officers, are human beings that we just see the uniform. And I was, I, and I'm guilty of this too. Before I got to the department, I was just like, these guys are just like animals to me. I, I i don't know if they, who are these people? And it was an opportunity for me to learn about these people that I have to share to society. They're protectors of our society. And I did not know that they could have empathy or they empathized or there was a sense of caring with them. And they carry this with them. They carry every single case. You know, I'm surprised. I shouldn't say that I'm surprised, but I'm amazed that they wake up every morning and just like Mitchell, Mitchell Eisenberg had to get Monique home, that, that, that it was his job to make sure that she got home, that somebody cared about her. And how can you not respect that? And and like how can you not like share that with the world like these people aren't animals yeah there's a few bad apples out there whatever the saying is but there are some good dudes and women <laughs> that wear that uniform and 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 they're pretty badass and they rock and and they have so many stories and i think we do a, do an injustice just always hearing that one side of the story and 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 i give props to everybody that back bracket but that back breaking the case. You did, a, you did a good thing. And I hope more police departments like, hey, open up the books. Talk about your cops. You know, the world is listening. I'm totally surprised. And that was it for me. And it'll continue to be that way for me with breaking the case.
3: And it's also great public relations for the cops within the law enforcement community to hear the case, to hear, you know, themselves come across and uh, listen to it. And it also you know, we have in law enforcement, you have to dry clean your brain. That is, you know, you see so many bad things and you see many good things, but it's important to purge the valve, dry clean the brain. And listening to the stories gives you insight to the next thing that happens. You know, we as cops have to have choir practice, I guess, every once in a while, where we talk to other cops about cases, just like you listen to breaking a case. And it's really wonderful to be able to hear it on the radio and be able to, you know, give yourself a little pat on the back or laugh or cry. You know, cops are human like everyone else.
1: Right. Well, season one and season two have been great. I'm curious, what can we expect for season three? We're still doing research. Um, What we're considering doing
2: an episodic story with multiple characters that involves the Joint Task Force, FBI, NYPD, if we can find the appropriate story, because we really wanna show how it, the agencies work together.
3: And maybe you can help with that, Laura. You know, the, the uh, Joint Terrorist Task Force at uh, NYPD has quite a few different, uh, for instance, our chief, is a uh, Chief Gallucci is his name. He's a graduate of the FBI National Academy And he runs our counterterrorism unit, and he works very closely with uh, the Bureau. And there are quite a few detect, uh, bosses that are in there that also went to the national academy. And I'm sure that we've had some cases that were completely, um, finished and uh, ready for uh, a break in the case with the Bureau.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I might know a person or two that might want to step in and, and help out with this podcast. Um, I want to thank you, Jill, Kenzie, and Wally, for taking the time to share a glimpse of the NYPD's Detective Squad, the Break in the Case podcast, and um, I really do look forward to listening to Season 3. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, love.
1: This concludes this month's episode of Leadership APB. We hope that you will join us again next month for another edition of our podcast series. Until then, please stay safe and be well.